This is the Week in Review podcast, a wagering focused look back at recent thoroughbred action in Tasmania. I'm Matt Reid for tasracing.com.au and we were in Devonport on Sunday, which will be the case until October. We had eight races there and it was a program dominated by apprentice Erica Byrne-Burke. She started the day as the dollar tenner left for the Jockey Challenge and left the day with a bag of four winners, which, to be fair, was probably only par given the quality of ride she had. Ismail Toka also had a riding double, while three of EBB's wins came for her master, Adam Trinder, who took training honours with a treble. We started the day over the staying trip an 1880-metre benchmark 74 with a small field of seven. It was a minor upset with Galway Girl, a big drifter, five out to nine dollars, which isn't unusual for her. She seems to routinely open unders before drifting late. It was a sign of things to come for EBB. She was on... Uh, Galway girl here. $21 chance Odin's Folly set a good gallop for the first half of the race but tried to get a breather halfway down the back straight. Quickly had company then from Dargo who was 380 into 350 and the eventual winner Galway girl who was then forced to race three wide from that point on. So it was a pretty tough effort from Galway Girl. If you look at the sectionals, she was really as strong as anything late despite others having a more economical run. It was her first win since September 2020 at a time where she was working through the grades rapidly. Looking at her form, she clearly doesn't go a yard at Hobart, and I'd be surprised if we see her there again. Otherwise, with a record that reads 10 starts for four wins and four seconds on the carpet, she warrants respect any time she is here. Market fancies were a bit plain in this one. Possession and upwind were essentially joint favourites around the $3 mark. Both settled in the back half of the field with cover, but couldn't take a lot of ground off the winner in the run to the line. And I touched on Dargo, who, given the SP relative to the winner, was sort of a third of the price, and the runs they had, uh, he was pretty plain as well. Uncovered went around $31 here, woefully out of her grade and worked home into fourth, just three lengths from the winner. Disappointing to read in the stewards report that she pulled up injured and will subsequently be retired. The second was a funny little betting race, field of six, all runners single figures, and it was another drifter who got the prize. Viva Leachy first up three ninety at the $5 and was the second of EBB's winners and the first for trainer Adam Trinder. They went slow in this one, which wouldn't normally suit back markers as the winner was last turning for home, but it was a compressed field and Vivalici was impressive late. Her 600, 400 and 200 were the fastest of the day by a considerable margin. And even though she drifted, maybe that was something to do with a pre-race tweet I saw, which suggested that she was vetted uh, before the race. But uh, she was a very impressive late here. Uh, this race shape did lend itself to good late sectionals, but whichever way you slice it, the winner was super. Has a really good first up record now, so she'll need to prove that she isn't just a fresh horse, but she's only lightly raced, and this certainly suggests that she'll be in for a good preparation. Trojan Storm was backed yet again, 6.50 into 4.60 and finished second yet again. Uh, Ismail Toka made an early move there, peeling three wide while EBB bided her time on the eventual winner. Trojan Storm in the end sort of gave Ivalici a perfect drag into the straight, had the drop on Trojan Storm in the run to the line. GG Goldenlass was the eventual money horse in an open race, 6.50 into 3.70, but seemingly had every chance after lobbing in the one-by-one one position. I mentioned in my written preview for this one that I think Artuzo's better, better ridden with a sit, and I think that was proven here. Driven to lead, uh, despite a slow tempo, was grabbed pretty quickly in the run home. 
Uh, Peter Lewis said in the stewards report that his saddle shifted and, and that maybe impacted the race for our two. So, but you could see early on that he gave the horse a dig and, and seemed intent to find a forward position. I think our two is a much better uh, in behind runners and, and saved for a sprint. Only a small field, but I think we'll see a lot of these horses run well in recent weeks. Even Nita Jin, who, like the stable mate, was unwanted, 360 out to $6, was ordinary on face value, but he, he couldn't match what was a dash home, and I think you'll see a different horse up in distance next start. Tazracing.com.au's new Form Plus Pro gives you even more data on all Tasmanian thoroughbred racing. Subscribe to the ultimate Tasmanian form source today. Form Plus Pro by tazracing.com.au. EBB had a hat-trick after three races when Majestic Diamond was a debut winner in a three-year-old maiden. Well found by the market at $1.95 after a really nice trial behind a smart stable mate, although she wasn't that smart on this program, which I'll touch on later. Uh, gate one, a big advantage for lightly raced horses. Uh, Majestic Diamond lobbed leaders back and didn't need to go around a horse when the split came after straightening. And although not necessarily dominant, she did do it rather comfortably. Uh, time was about three and a half lengths slower than the other 1150 metre race, which was the previous one taken out by stable mate Vivalici. But the last 600 metre here was about 12 lengths slower. So they obviously went much harder earlier in this race. And for that reason, the runner Warika, who drifted from low twos early to start an SP of $3, I thought had merit leading the field and looked no chance to even run a place 200 metres from home, but held on for second. The first four across the line were all on debut here, so it's hard to make a firm call on the strength of this race, but I really liked the Quinella going into this one. The market thought the same, and I've no real reason to change that assessment after the race. I'm going to actually black book Warika here, given the winner might garner a bit more attention next start. Uh, as mentioned, they went pretty hard early in this one. Warika had no real peace and, and boxed on strongly, particularly for a debutante to run second. So into the black book goes Warika for the John Blacker stable. Race four, well, I've mentioned previously that Sweet Sop would win one soon and her time came here given a good ride from Ismail Toka. I had a bit of a query on her coming back to the 1,000, and I'm a big subscriber of backing specialists over the 1,000-metre distance, but she's shown more tactical speed this preparation, and landing on the back of the leaders here, she was far too good. She was pretty well found, as you would expect, given her consistent recent form. She was a slight drift to 290 out to 340, but a due reward here for consistency, but I do have huge doubts on the strength of this race, though. They went a full second slower than the other 1,009-metre race, which was only a benchmark 60, and there are some serious prior convictions on the beaten brigade in this one. Uh, Valino runs second at, at $41, and the Quinella have gapped third, uh, who was Lord Whitegate having its first start for Glenn Stevenson, pretty solid around the $10 mark. I certainly won't be devouring this race in my quest for future winners. Maybe maybe Mystical Vixen, who was well back late, 440 into 350, but was too far back in this one to make an impact. Isn't it only lightly raced? Is maybe one uh, that you can stick with going forward. But look, the likes of Shamgod, who I've found for the staking strategy, and Golden Egg, who were well in the market, have almost got life from me now in this one. The first leg of the quaddy, a little bit similar to the previous race, perhaps not to the extent of Sweet Sop, but Karnak Kid had been threatening to win a race for a while and had his day in the sun here. 
Interesting betting race, this one, as the market got it very right late. In the last five minutes of betting, Karnak Kid was 440 into 330 with Ladbrokes, and the favourite, Tassie Miss, who was the big mover from the time markets open, was 225 out to $3, having originally opened $3.40. That little punting sting could not have gone any better if you were involved on the winner, Karnak Kid, which was very well surmised by Colin McNiff in his call of this race. Tazzy Miss was the only noted speed in the race, and she expectedly went forward, but had company from $41 outsider Sienna's Miss, who sat outside the leader despite not being a noted on pacer and, and ensured little peace for either of the two front runners. All the while, Bullet Muku on Karnak Kid, who it's worth mentioning in four previous runs this campaign, had settled in the back half of the field in all of them except his first up run, was dug out of the gates here to find a position behind the leading pair and was the only horse that you ever wanted to be on in the run. We saw earlier in the program, particularly the first two races, uh, where the market had no real clue, the winners were big drifters, but this was one that the market saw coming, that is for sure and certain. Favourite Tassie Miss gave a good kick in the straight, but was a sitting shot, had over two lengths uh, back to Dizer Dancer, who was $4, but was pretty plain, given a very nice run from midfield and, and the subsequent battle I spoke about up front. I'm not going to keep following Dizer Dancer as a black booker off this, though she possibly might have needed the run over the distance if you want to be forgiving, but a horse with that record, I'm not going to keep following religiously as a black booker. This race sort of reminded me a bit of Tassie O'Reilly getting the charm run in Hobart to win a maiden a few weeks back and subsequently went unplaced at its next start. I tend to think that this may have been Christmas here as well for Karnak Kid and what was a pretty thin maiden just had to win with the run it got. Tassie Miss certainly the one to follow for a maiden next time, but there's little chance we will get a price. Some value was injected into the quaddy in the second leg when Gigi's Rock Opera, who was 10 out to $13, was well ridden by Brandon Louie to win a benchmark 60 over the Devonport Mile. Bit of pressure up front in this race, which was always a chance off the speed map, and uh, Brandon Louie settled midfield, got to the outside in the straight, and with what was a pretty cushy run, was able to finish over the top. Apart from the last start where she was a bit plain, GG's Rock Opera has been racing fairly consistently and, and certainly wasn't impossible to find here in what was an open race. Even though she flopped last time at 1880, she is a 2,100-metre winner in Launceston, so there should be a few options for the horse going forward. Interesting market move here for San Yu, who jumped $12 after as much as $51 was offered. Very exposed is San Yu. Uh, anyone who follows Tassie Racing is pretty familiar with San Yu. 52 starts for two wins, but rolled forward against his usual pattern and was clearly the best of the on-paces in this one when boxing on for second. I couldn't really have submitted another first up here, but the market suggested I was wrong. Tens into 550, and I probably was. It was another who got well back and ran on strongly down the outside. Look to the naked eye that maybe he peaked late, but the sectionals don't really back that up. A nice return from Submit Another, and perhaps he has more upside starting a preparation at this point in time in this grade where many of the others have been whacking away for a while. Big drift here on Eliza Vet, 4 8 to $7, and settled a distant last before working home into fifth and a length off the placings. Uh, might help further to get her rating down to make these 60 to 62 rater races a bit more at attainable in coming weeks. She was a 67 rater in this field.
come toward the home turn. Leader is Gigi's teardrop from She Wears the Pants. Hot Relation, the first to make a move. Cheeky One gets onto her back. Sanctioned King over on the inside. Weekend Whiskey held up. Gregorian Chant, then Banker Nip and Lady Joker is the widest. Hot Relation leads the way by a length or so. Gigi's teardrop with a kick and here's Cheeky One. Weekend Whiskey running on. Gigi's teardrop the inside. Hot Relation. Now Cheeky One starting to lift the fave down the outside. She's going to get there, I think. Cheeky One, yep. Five in a row for Cheeky One. We just heard the call there from Colin McNiff. She took the length of the straight to get there but was pushed home for the last of Erica Byrne-Burke's foursome and Adam Trinder's treble of winners. This was another really slowly run race along with the second race on the program. It resulted in the fastest closing sectionals of the day so it added more merit to the win of Cheeky One who went back to find cover from a poor draw and only Vivalici had better closing sectionals for the day. She's been ridiculously well-placed by Adam Trinder. Three straight wins in Benchmark 66 company, but still got in here only with 55.5 kilos, thanks to the claim for EBB, even though she was gunning for five straight wins. But as I touched on after her last win, her ability to race forward or back is an asset that not a lot of horses possess, and uh, she can certainly win a lot more races, even as the opposition gets a bit stiffer. So another... Day out for Erica Byrne Burke, and, and certainly uh, she is the no longer hidden gem of Tassie racing as far as jockeys goes. Her career record 64 starts for 21 wins at a strike rate of 33%, which is just unheard of. And, and looking back through her winners, she's won five times on Cheeky One and, th- and three times on Curacet, but a lot of her other winners are not necessarily on paces, which you associate with uh, apprentices. Vivalici was, of course, a winner on this program, but she's won on horses like Border Protection, uh, Sharma Rama, Yarra Master, Silkstone, Champs again, Galway Girl. So a real variety of horses that she's won on. And even looking back through her stats, uh, looking on her stats at, at punners.com here, she's very versatile in terms of the weights, that she's carried, Erica Byrne-Burke. She's won six times carrying 59 kilos or more. She's won five times with 55 to 56 kilos, three times with 57 to 58 kilos. She wins over all kinds of distances. Uh, She's dominant when she gets inside draws. Barrier one to three, she's had 22 starts for nine wins. Barriers four to six, 19 starts for eight wins. So the vast majority of her wins have come from inside gates, but that's probably not unusual. I'd imagine that stacks up with a lot of other jockeys. But whichever way you dice it, she seems to be an absolute gun, Erica Byrne-Burke. I'm not sure if there's a lot of precedent for the way that she started her career, not only in Tassie, but certainly nationwide. And I mean, she's been had some plum rides, but uh, she just keeps going from strength to strength. Outside the winner in this one, on paces had this run to suit. Gigi's teardrop uh, was 13s into 8.50 and attempted the same tactics as last time when rolling to the front and very nearly got the same result. Uh, Hot relation was $12. Enjoyed the run of the race for third, uh, second and third in this one were first and second on the turn. So only the winner really came from the back half of the field. Four lengths covered uh, this field first to last, pretty reflective of, a, of an even bunch, but also how this race was run. Horses like Banker Nip, G- Gregorian Chant that settled way back, you can excuse, and even Lady Joker who ran last sort of got left in no man's land when they straightened after settling a minute back and the run probably wasn't as bad as it looks on paper.
Ladbrokes' new bet ticker now available. Watch the exclusive live feed on your Ladbrokes app and see where the big bets land. Get the down low on the download. Ladbrokes! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Last of the day. Well, the story here is almost as much as what didn't happen as what did. Uh, let's start with the winner. Uh, second half of the Ismail Toka double with a resuming Holy Diamond who's been a pretty consistent commodity since transferring from Marion Dalco to Rowan Hamer. A uh, thousand and nine metres is as short as he wants it, but appreciated the leaders uh, folding up here. And in a two-horse war with Scasm, who was a $41 chance, uh, Holy Diamond got the prize at around about the $10 mark. Now, the winner will be better over further, and certainly no star Holy Diamond, but may well find another race or two this campaign. And the second horse, Scasm's a dead set Devonport 1,000-metre horse, always worth an each-way ticket or even sort of a, a more place than win at the track and distance. The Quinella gapped the rest here, which was a surprise because Miss Tuppence was a $1.65 favourite and Kawhi at $3.30 with the two clear standouts, yet neither of them have finished in the top five. They essentially took up 90% of the betting market between them and neither of them have run a drum, which is a bit unbelievable, really. We'll start with the favourite, who drew awful and never got on the track. Uh, Erica Burnberg had a day out here, but I'm not sure what the plan was from the wide gate. It certainly didn't work. She wasn't able to get in. And if you look at a couple of the, the replays for this one that are exclusive Form Plus Pro customers, she was never, ever on the track and was pretty much beaten as soon as they straightened. Uh, first run against the older horses for Miss Tuppence. But look, I'll, I'll be forgiving her this one and certainly take the SP from the race. And she was expected to run a lot better than she did here and I think is clearly a, a much better horse than what she showed here. Kawhi was a strange one, maybe anchored a bit by a big weight, but she ran them along as a clear leader over 1,150 metres last start when only grabbed by and beyond, who we know as a potential star. Uh, Cody Jordan could never really pinch a break here on Kawhi and was gone early in the home straight. Look, Miss Tuppence and Kawhi were clearly the, the pick on form, but have both gone shocking. This Kawhi hasn't won since 2019, so maybe was running in 60 company for a reason, but it will definitely pose a, a small challenge next time we see Kawhi and Miss Tuppence in the form guide as, as what to make of this run because they've gone a lot worse than the market expected. So it was another example on Sunday of why punters love playing in Devonport. Winners could come from anywhere if the tempo allowed it. Um, I thought it was a thin-looking day going in. I think I tweeted that on, uh, out on Saturday morning. Oh, sorry, Sunday morning along with my set for the day. And, and that sort of reflected in the Black Bookers from this meeting. Um, adding in Warika for Johnny Blacker, who replaces Dyser Dancer. And I'm going to keep Lady Joker in there just because I think the market may sack her off this and, and there were some excuses. So I might get a big price about her next time and um, I'd be filthy if she won and we had jumped off. So I probably should touch on the elephant in the room and that was my disgusting performance for the staking strategy in Devonport on Sunday. I think it's only uh, the second time in coming up to three years that I've failed to have a single collect from any of my selections it sort of continues a pretty ordinary run that I've had over the last couple of months which is disappointing I can't necessarily um, pinpoint it to anything I haven't been doing the form any differently and I certainly hope it 
it swings around. On this particular program, sort of four of the first five races, we had the second horse. Maybe things could have gone a little bit differently. Certainly Tassie Miss was um, a bit of a sting in terms of the way that that race played out. But I did think it was sort of an open-looking um, day, but very disappointed to not have any collects whatsoever and uh, certainly hope that we bounce back this week. Some of the state's biggest guns at the trials in Devonport on Tuesday is great to see. Always brings a stack of excitement, particularly at this time of year. We had Still a Star, New Heart, DeRoche, Mystic Journey and Red Letter Lady all in a single trial. DeRoche always trials like a bomb, so no great surprise to see her run a slick time there. I think GG Queen Bee is perhaps the only other horse in the state that trials as well as DeRoche. But the biggest story, I guess, was the bounce back of Mystic Journey, who with all due respect, looked pretty ordinary in her first trial. Blinkers went on here on Tuesday and looked a lot better, finished off really strongly, and they've run a pretty slick time. Low 48s for the 800 around Devonport uh, is pretty good going. Newhart and Stiller to Star were, were also there. Didn't look as though they were asked for a great deal, so just a kick-off point for them. So we're in Devonport again this weekend. If I don't produce something better for the punters, then you can perhaps start sending resumes in to take over the staking strategy, but hopefully it doesn't come to that, and I'll look forward to your company on next week's Week in Review podcast.